welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Well, River Valley, I am so excited for our guest this weekend. In just a moment, I'm going to call Michael Jr. up onto the platform here. But this weekend, uh, I believe it's the right time to have him here. And I'll tell you some of my thought process going up to this weekend. Um, Throughout all the pandemic, I was like, when is it time to worship in person? And we picked a date. When is it time to do this? And we picked a date. When is it time to let people have funerals and weddings and do all? We, We had a date that we had to pick. And one of the things that I was so overjoyed was our our night of praise and worship. I was like, there also was a day to sing again. We can't let the world take away our music in all this. And then, yeah, there was. And then as we booked Michael Jr., I said, there's a day to laugh again. There's a day to laugh again. Ecclesiastes 3 talks about there's a time for everything. And I believe this. We are moving forward. We're continuing the mission. And it's time to laugh again. And so here and at all of our campuses, I want you to open up your hearts. It's okay to laugh. You have permission to laugh. It is time to laugh again and to move forward with that joy that God gives us. And so here and at all of our campuses, can you welcome with me Michael Jr. All right. Yeah. You guys are awesome. Oh, you guys are awesome. Thanks, bro. Love you. Appreciate you, bro. For real. All right. Yeah, sit down. I didn't do anything. All right, I didn't even do anything. I just showed up and hugged your pastor. That's all I did. Super excited about being here. Like, this is so cool. I really like this. Well, somebody been smoking weed in here? Why is it so? Nobody else see the smoke? (laughs) I'm just cool. Well, first of all, Rob, I told you that you're like, the reason I like him so much is because my best friend's name is Rob. So, uh, well, actually, that's what he do for a living. <laughs> my bad. Um, and Becca, you guys look phenomenal. I mean, one of y'all look really good. The other one is looking old. I got to throw that out there. Um, no, I think I really appreciate your heart. You just love people. Like, this dude, like, genuinely loves people. And I don't say that because of what he says. I get to read people for a living. And every time I'm around you, I can feel how much you really Genuinely love people, do Like, so that's legit. Like, for real. So, all right. So here's what we're going to do today. So, so let me see how to jump. So we're going to laugh, right? We're going to laugh. We also might learn something, too. It's just crazy. We might learn some stuff. So I have this, uh, this, this microphone thing on here, but it's a little uncomfortable. First of all, it's the wrong color. Look like I got cut. Um... <laughs> It's a, it's a little uncomfortable, so I do have this one here, too, just in case I need to use this microphone. I'll just go for it. Or, or I'll just use this one, maybe. So what's going to happen is when you leave here today, that's a little weird. When we leave here today, uh, there's three things I want you to do based off what we're going to talk about. Three actions I want you to take, but I don't have enough time to explain them to you now. When you go home, I'm going to send you an email, and if you do these things you'll have an experience around what we're talking about as opposed to just hearing the words. So if you can pull your phones out real quick, if you're interested in actually doing something that's going to affect... So if you go ahead and hold your phone up to QR code, if you don't know how a QR code works, you haven't been out to eat in a while, you're just waiting to go to that restaurant in the other country or something. Um, so just 
go ahead and put your email address in. And probably by two hours from now, you're going to get three things to actually do that's going to help uh, solidify the experience that we're going to have this morning. It's going to be really kind of, I say this morning, but this morning somewhere at the cafe. <laughs> I see y'all got a women's event coming up. That's cool. <laughs> One guy was excited. He wanted me to come and do their women's event. He's like, dude, we got a big women's event. I was like, is that what you call it? Because I don't think they're going to show up if you call it a big women's event. I think you need to. <laughs> so, there's, so there's two verses of Scripture that's going to apply to what I'm going to talk about today. There's, there's James 4.1, right? James 4.1. And then there's also Matthew 11.28. Now, if you want to read them now, you can. But when you go home, I think they're going to pop in a brand new way. So basically what I'm talking about is conflict, a key to laughter and peace. <laughs> How is conflict a key to laughter and peace? Well, um, first of all, let me tell you, I got five kids, um, and I love being a dad, man. It's awesome. Uh, and I travel a lot, you know, so I can see them all. Um, <laughs> why is that funny? Why is that funny? The reason it's funny is because there's some conflict. I'm a dad, I love being a dad, but I got kids all over the place. That conflict is what caused you to laugh. So as we do some more comedy and laugh some more, I want you to see if you can figure out the conflict that's happening because laughter doesn't happen without some sort of conflict. Speaking of which, we were just talking about the pandemic. Yo, I learned some stuff throughout this pandemic. Uh, first thing I learned was uh, apparently I'm not essential. Found that out. I didn't know. I was reading the Bible and everything. And the government was like, sit yourself down somewhere. I was like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> There's some really good things that have happened as a result of this pandemic. Uh, for example, the flu is gone. <laughs> like, that's amazing. Like, the flu, flu. <laughs> like, we only ain't got it no more. Another thing that's gone, you probably didn't notice, but you really did notice, uh, bad breath. It's gone too, man. Remember, because now we got the mask and now they know it was them. Like I tried to tell you, but my eyes was burning every time I talked to you, bro. And I wear a mask every, in public, when it was really thick, I would always wear a mask. I would only take it off if I had to sneeze. That's the only reason I would take it off. Man. I ain't going to hold that stuff to myself. <laughs> That's just weird, man. You know what I'm saying? And then I'm from Michigan, too, and now I live in Dallas, so I found one of my old ski masks. I found one of my old ski masks, so I'll wear that around. <laughs> went to the bank. Went to the bank, too. Went to the bank. That's a little weird, going to the bank with a ski mask. Oh, man. And I don't want to talk, because that's where the germs come from, so I would just slide notes. I'd just slide a note. Then, uh, had my hand in my pocket, too, man. That was probably weird. That part was weird. In the schools now, I don't know if they do this here, but when I take my son to school, before he gets out the car, they take his temperature. But then when I go pick him up, they try to put him right in the car. I'm like, I don't think so. We didn't take his temperature first. He was fine when I dropped him off. And then they're like, you're holding up the carpool line. I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to take his temperature. If you're under 20 years old, you have no idea what I'm doing right now. My son was like, Dad, this is embarrassing. I'm like, you know what? There's two ways we could do this. I just want to, like this. this. <laughs> Listen, why was that ever okay? Why? 
Some of y'all need freedom right now because of that exact thing, man. I remember when I was a kid, I used to go to church. Church was never this cool. Like, this is so, like, this is, like, mad cool. But church was never this cool. When I was a kid, this is my experience. I'm seven years old. My grandmother would take me to this church. I'm seven. And I didn't understand anything. I go to this church, and my clothes were too, they were way too tight. Like, they just didn't fit. I remember I used to always wear this, this white and brown shirt. Actually, it was a white shirt, but it was so tight that the buttons would open up. It was miserable. And my shoes were like three sizes too small. And my grandmother had this thing called a shoehorn. And I had them little slippery socks on, so if my foot didn't fit, now it do. Church lasts six hours. Now we go in the basement, eat a sandwich, come back up, and finish. Like that was miserable. What was that, halftime or something? Church was miserable. One time I went to church, it was, a, it was like a, first of all, this dude is up on stage. Let me say that. This dude is up on stage, and he is mad at everybody. I'm seven years old. I'm trying to figure out why he's mad. I figured he was mad because he had some phlegm caught in his throat. Because at the end of every sentence, he would try to get it out. He'd be like, the Lord said, ah. <laughs> act like you This ah. is a black church. Y'all trying to figure out. Pastor Rob never does that. What is he referring to? And the dude had a Bible in his hand. He kept playing like he was going to throw it at people. He'd be like, the Lord, ha, ha. And the people seemed like they would get scared. They'd be like, hey, man, hey, man. I realized now they were saying, hey, man. I didn't know. I was seven years old. One time I went to church, there was a dead body in the front. Nobody explains to a seven-year-old Michael Jr., it's a funeral, it's not church. I'm thinking, yo, that's how they roll. Like every few weeks or so, they bring a dead body in as an example or something. Dude on stage would yell at us like we did it. I asked my grandma, I was like, Grandma, what happened to the man in the box? What happened to the man in the box? Her whole explanation was, he in a better place. I'm like, what kind of box did he live in before? <laughs> that stuff was miserable. It made no sense at all. It was really, like, it was so miserable. Not as uncomfortable as this thing is, though. Okay, man, you know what? That's just got to be the Lord saying, use this. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> I just heard the baby laugh. Did the baby just laugh? That's great. That's a good baby. I hope it's yours. No, no, what I mean is sometimes people, the baby start crying and somebody just walk off with the baby. Like, what if the baby's like, hey, I don't know this person. Ah, and we're just like, oh, just take them in there. So... Laughter, we've just laughed a little bit, but I hope you saw why we laughed. The reason we laughed is because of some of the conflict. But what I've learned is conflict is also a source of peace and understanding as well. So let me explain it to you this way. So uh, me and my wife, we live in Dallas. We've got five kids. Our kids are awesome. But we, we, we just recently got this house. And I, we know like we know God said that he was going to send people to us who we can help lift them up and get them in a better place financially, emotionally, spiritually. So right now, my, my, uh, my niece lives with us. She's a single mom, two kids. And uh, let me start this off by saying, when it comes to conflict, so God created life, and life will bring you people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free. Life will bring you people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free. So my niece comes over. She's, she's staying with us. She's probably six months in or whatever, and her, her uh, daughter was out by the pool, right? She's, her daughter's seven years old, and she out by the pool, and her mom wasn't there. Let me clarify. Her daughter, black. Some of y'all are like, what that mean? She don't know how to swim. Like, it don't come natural to us. 
I'm just, anyway, so, so she out by the pool, and I don't think she should be. I told her mom, and me and her mom got into an argument. I don't argue with people. I haven't argued with anybody in years. I just, I don't argue with people. And, she's, and the stuff she's saying to me is feeling a little disrespectful, and we in my house. So now I'm getting all, I'm getting heated. She's getting heated, and I'm bubbling. My wife is there. My wife said, y'all should take a break for a little while. And I'm like, ah, and I'm bubbling. Fuck, I love my wife, so I'm a, okay. Ah, I'm bubbling hot. But here's the thing. I'm upset. I'm mad. But there's always something to learn from it. Like I'm bubbling. And I, only two things I caught. And I'm going to give you the respectful church version of what I caught from what she said. I don't listen, and I try to position myself to be right. This is what she's saying. And I'm mad, bubbling, upset. But I'm thinking about what she said just in case there's any truth right? But, but there's not. I'm sure it's not. <laughs> but if, it, if there is any truth in those two things, what about my wife? Because she lives with me. We're married. So if any of this is true, like what about her? So I go to my wife. I'm like, first of all, she's tripping. Ah, she's tripping. She said, stuff won't be listening. Position myself to be right. Just, ah, it's not true at all. I know it's not true. I just feel like I should ask you, is, you, you, is any of that true? And she was like, well, <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't see that at all. Now, listen, on a scale of 1 to 10, me and my wife's relationship is probably a 9. I don't want to settle for a 9. So now I'm like, Lord, you got to show me this. We got this, this room in our, uh, in our house that's just for prayer. I don't know if you saw the movie War Room. It was a tall dude in it, about my height, really good-looking dude. <laughs> anyway, so, we, so I go in this, and I start praying. I'm like, God, you got to show me this because life will bring you people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free. I'm going to keep saying that. Now, listen, I don't want to, like, I got some options. Technically, if I don't want to deal with her anymore, I could do what most people would do in this circumstance. I could just put her out the house. Problem is, is God told her to come here, and I know he did. So I can't, it's not really my house. So, uh, or, <laughs> or I could ignore her, because that's what we do sometimes. We'll just ignore them. I don't have nothing to do with you. We're just going to ignore you. Or we can do what sounds like the right thing to do, which is come to an agreement. But is there really any growth in just coming to an agreement? So I'm bubbling. I'm mad. I'm like, Lord, you got to show me what this is. Lord, show me. You got to show me what this is. He didn't show me nothing, probably because I was too mad. Next morning, I wake up. I'm like, Lord, what is this? And God said, you want to know? I said, yes. He said, ninth grade, you're in a special ed classroom. And my teacher in the ninth grade would tell me, would say this to me on a regular basis. Why don't you skip class? You're not going to be anything anyways. And I was in that class for, I was in that class for four years. And I would work really, really hard to get out of this special education classroom. I worked really hard on an assignment and she would give me a D. Then I would just blow the assignment off and she would still give me a D. I couldn't get out the class. God said to me, you're still trying to prove you don't belong in that class. I can't get there if I don't press into the conflict. If I just try to ignore the person, I can't even get there. Life is right now bringing you people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free, and you're trying to ignore them. You're trying to get away from them. You don't have nothing to do with them. You're changing jobs. I'm out of here. And then when you get to that job, that same person going to be there, and they look completely different. Really, like, everybody drives crazy? Or is that you thinking that the world should revolve around the way you drive? 
Life will bring you people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free. I'm going to do another joke. No, we went deep. I felt it. Like, I was like, oh, that was heavy. Let's do some more jokes now. <laughs> so I like to work out. I went to the, uh, like, I was at the gym the other month, right? And I was, um, I was going to do some cardio, but they moved it upstairs. <laughs> I ain't going up there, man. You tripping. <laughs> and I'm at the gym, and I get recognized by this lady. I get recognized. She's like, <gasps> I was like, hey, how you doing? She's like, Michael Jr., you understand, you're my favorite comedian. Every time I see you, I laugh my butt off. I was like, uh. <laughs> Keep laughing. Keep laughing. <laughs> That's one of, my, it's one of my favorite jokes, man. I remember when I played sports in high school, my, my, uh, my gym teacher, right, was also the football coach. And coaches always say the same phrase to you. They say stuff like, uh, just randomly say, listen, the stuff I'm teaching you here is not just about this game. You can apply it to life. You ever hear that before? <laughs> That's not true at all. <laughs> Let me explain. Straight out of high school, I got a job parking cars. One of the cars was really nice, so I took it for a little spin. Company found out my boss lost the account. He yelling at me, screaming. I didn't know what to say or do. I thought back to my high school football coach. I was like, you know what, man? You win some, you lose some, man. <laughs> You can't let this one loss get you down. The important thing is, I went out there and I had fun. And I got fired. I got fired, man. So when I'm in my 20s, I'm not a Christian. I don't know anything about God. And mainly because people would approach me about God and they were cre creepy. There's some creepy Christians out there. It's some creepy, if you don't know any creepy Christians, it's you. <laughs> yeah, one of the other campuses, you know who you are, you know. So I would, I would anytime somebody tried to talk to me about the Bible or, or quote a scripture, it was weird. They were super weird. They were creepy. Or were they? Because maybe they weren't creepy. Maybe when they approached me with God's word, I was uncomfortable for some reason. And if I were to press into that conflict, I would find out that when I was a kid, it was very uncomfortable for me to go to church. Had I pressed into the conflict, I probably would have got saved way before the age 27, but I never knew to press into the conflict and be like, God, what is this? One guy who I really respected, highly respected, offered to take, he said, hey, you want to go to church with me? And immediately I was like, no, and I felt like my feet was hurting when he said it. It's like I had a negative neural association attached to, like my feet was hurting for hours on. And now suddenly this dude is bringing it up. I didn't know to press into the conflict. God has blessed you with some people you don't like. So you can be a better person in a significant way. So um, I'm going to go ahead. Can we, just, can we just change this one out? We'll just change it out. That'd be dope. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. So. One of the other things, thanks, dude, I read, you're awesome, man. Don't run too fast, you got them skinny jeans on, you're going to start a fire. <laughs> cool. Um, it's true. I really, uh, I really like awkwardness. That's one of the things that make me laugh the most. Like, it's really kind of, it's, it's kind of dope, actually. Like, I'll get on an elevator when there's like six or seven people in there. I'll let the door close behind me, and I won't turn around. And they're like, what floor? I'm like, it doesn't matter. 
And then I'll say something random like, it's Tuesday, but it's really Friday, and then everyone gets off on the next floor. <laughs> then I just giggle my way to the top. Then I go to the stairwell, and I'm saying people from the elevator. <laughs> and when I see them, I'm like, it's Monday, and they go right back down the stairs. <laughs> oh, also, before I forget, um, I wrote a book called Funny How Life Works. And what, what it does is pretty much what we're doing right now. It causes you to laugh, and then there's some deep stories in there. There's one story in there. I was doing a comedy show, and at the end, a guy approaches me and tells me he's a fugitive of law, and he wants to know if I can help him turn himself in. Now, there's more to the story as to why he got to that place, but it was really, I can't get into it now. But I wrote this book called Funny How Life Works, and then we also have a journal that goes along with the book, and we created a course that goes with the book as well. And I'm super excited about this because people are sitting at home with their families and their small groups, and they're laughing but at the same time, they're learning. And then what happens as a result of when you're learning about what God has for you, even when you're done with the course, you'll still be attracted to things about your purpose and what you're supposed to do because you would have associated laughter with growth. So I'm super excited about it. So everybody can go ahead. Like we actually have a, actually we got stuff in the back. You can buy all this stuff out in all of the lobbies. The proceeds are actually going to a black family in America. I just want to say that. Um, <laughs> And then, and if you're, if you're watching online, uh, you can just go to michaeljr.com slash River Valley. Very good. Humans, that was awesome. And you can get the course. You can get the whole course. You can get the, we got a really great deal on the entire package right now, too. So one of the things I've been saying is life will bring you people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free, right? Um, and it's, it's completely, it's really true. Let me ask you a question. Why did you jump just now? I saw people flinching when I reached for the microphone. This is a completely different microphone. It's not the same microphone at all. Are you flinching because of something that happened earlier that you're not aware of? Because now this is a different situation. It's a different microphone. It's not feeding back. Yet your body and everything else reacted as if it was. If you don't press into this conflict, you won't be able to reach the microphone that God has for you because he wants to amplify what he's done in your life. It's super important that when you see that person or you're in that situation, that you just say, huh, ask this question. This question is so dope. What is coming up in me right now? Like, as soon as you just, oh, like, what is this coming up in me? And then ask God. And then I'm going to show you, and when you get the email, I'm going to show you what to do. It's so dope. Because the next thing you do, and I'll show you how to do it, is you just give that burden to God. It's like just the burden part. Because all of it is not a burden. If, if, I, if I hadn't done this process, here's what would have happened. I would have said, Lord, just take this whole thing. Just take it all. And then the God would have been like, I don't want your niece. I don't want your poo. I don't want any of this stuff. God said, give me your burdens. So I was able to just take that burden and give it to the Lord. And I'm, when you talk about freedom, my niece still lives with me. Our relationship is awesome. We, have, we didn't come to an agreement. We never even said, okay, I agree not to do this, that. We understand that God was doing something amazing in the conflict. But the key is, is two things. You have to be able to hear his voice. I don't even know what you do if you find out you have conflict and you press into it. Like, what would you even do with it if you don't know God? Like, if you don't know Jesus, what would you do? 
if you couldn't hear his voice, what in the world? Like, like for real, like, I don't got an answer. It's super important that you can hear God's voice. So me and my wife were looking at some old home videos recently. It wasn't super old. It wasn't like a VHS or whatever. Um, the young people was like, what's a vahush? It's not, it's not what it was. Um, wait, before I tell you that story, I want to tell you another joke. I was talking about awkwardness, right? You ever go on a job interview and partway through you realize, huh, I don't want to work here. <laughs> At that point, you should have fun. You don't want the job anyway. Just enjoy the process. They ask you them weird questions. So tell me a little bit about yourself. This should be your response. Why don't you go first? <laughs> and then ask them this question. Say, where do you see me in five years? Because they always ask you those weird questions like, tell me about a time you had a disagreement with a coworker and tell me how you worked it out. This should be your response. This is what you should say. You say, oh, yeah, so I did some work and uh, I did all the work and my colleague took credit for the work. They didn't do anything. They took all the credit and never mentioned my name. So here's what I did. I walked over to the cubicle. Uh, fast forward. Here I am. Yeah. That's what happened. That's exactly what happened. So it's super important that you can hear God's voice, right? So me and my wife were looking at these old videos, and, um, and we came across a video of our youngest daughter being born. I'm going to show you this video. Well, I'm not going to show you that video, but let me, let me show you this video. So let me set it up for you. Um, I didn't, I'm the one who took this video. The video you're going to see is a video that I actually took, but I didn't understand the impact until I sat down and watched the video. So let me set it up. My daughter is like two and a half minutes old. She's like two and a half minutes old. And they got her under that little, uh, the little chicken warmer, the thing they have at restaurants. They got the chicken warmer or french fry warmer. I don't know what kind of insurance we had, but it was, they had one at the... Anyway, they got the little chicken warmer over her. And, and she's sitting there, and the nurse is about to clean her up. And she starts to cry. I want you to notice what happens when she hears my voice. Okay, Portland, look, I'm right here. It's okay, it's okay. I'm right here, I'm right here. We're doing just fine. It's okay, it's okay, I'm right here. Right here, yeah, it's okay. It's okay, Oh, that was pretty awesome, right? Now, now it's like, it's like seven, maybe seven and a half minutes or so later, the nurse is done cleaning her up, and she starts to cry again. I speak up, and she stops crying again but I want you to notice what happens when I tell her I love her. Portland, it's okay. It's okay, it's good, it's good, it's good. I'm right here, I'm right here. I am right here. I love you, I love you, I love you. Yeah, I'm right here, I'm right here. It's okay, it's okay. So listen, there's going to be times in life where it feels like there's this conflict after conflict after conflict. Or maybe even during the season, you're just, you're tired. And you feel like you're really hurting, even to the point of tears. The key thing to do in those moments is to be still and listen for the Father's voice. Because he is talking to you. And what he wants you to know is that he's right here. He loves you. All you have to do is open your eyes. You hear some music? 
<laughs> not, not yet, bro. It's not your concert. You got to wait a second. You're getting us emotional. You're getting us emotional. I got, I got one more story. I got one more story I'm going to share. Then you can slide your smooth self in after that, okay? Did you feel it? I was getting all emotional. Did y'all feel that? I was like, Lord, is that you? Is that you, Lord? It wasn't the Lord. It was that dude right there. I thought it was the Lord. Thank you. Wow. Are you married? You married? Yeah. Well, it's coming soon because you're smooth. Man, you're smooth. Everything's smooth. Okay, so I got one more story that I need to tell. But first, I want to tell you how I came up with this story. This is a story about having a relationship with Jesus. But first, I'm going to tell you how I came up with the story. And then after that, this smooth dude going to slide in right there. <laughs> so the way I came up with this story is I was writing a joke about the good room. How many people here, even at the other campuses, watching online, I'm talking to you as well, how many people here know what the good room is? Raise your hand if you know what the good room is. There's like two hands going up. So the reason you don't know what the good room is is because I never finished writing this joke. But the truth is, is mostly all of you know what the good room is. Let me explain. The good room is that room in your grandmother's house or your house or, or maybe your aunt's house. It's that one room that's better than the rest of the house. Can't nobody go in there. It's plastic on the furniture. It's really just for looks. How many people know what the good room is now? Other campuses. Yeah, yeah. So I'm right, so exactly, like almost everybody. So I'm writing this joke about the good room. In the middle of writing this joke, God stops me and told me to tell this story to his people, really, to you. So I'm going to tell you the story. Now it'll be a great time. <laughs> Slide on in right there, bro. Was, I'm sitting here waiting on you. You're like, I'm listening to you. Okay, anyway. So I want everyone in here, everyone watching online and everyone at every single campus as well. I want you to imagine Imagine that you are a house. Just imagine that you're a house. And outside of the house is Jesus Christ. And he wants to come in. But he'll never force his way in. He wants you to invite him in. And the reason some people in here right now, the reason you haven't invited Jesus into the house, even watching right now, is because you're cool with the way things are right now. So it would seem. Whenever something happens, you just walk over to the door, crack it open, tell them what happened, do a little prayer, close the door, and go back into the house. But that's not a relationship at all. How can you hear his voice under those circumstances? How can you truly press into the conflict and give him that burden under those circumstances? And the reason you won't let him into the house is because your house is a mess. You think you need to clean it up first. How's that working out for you? There may be drugs or pornography in the house, or you're just buying a bunch of stuff, trying to be distracted from the mess, or relationships. You brought other people in the house, hoping that maybe they could help you clean it up. But they can't. The only one who can clean it up is standing outside the door wearing an apron with a bucket in his hand, waiting on you to truly open the door. Then there's other people in here right now, watching right now. You used to have Jesus in the whole house. But whether you realize it or not, you have moved him to just one room in the house. The good room. Have you ever noticed how the good room most of the time is the one right up front with the big window? So when people look in, they think the whole house is clean. But it's not. It's just that one room. So when they hear about you coming to church or watching online or they think the whole house is clean but it's not it's just that one room you give money but it's just that one room you quote scripture but it's just that one room you got a bible app but it's just that one room 
Jesus wants access to the whole house. And I'm telling you, if you would just open the door and let him in, he'll show up with a contractor named the Holy Spirit. And they will make sure the house is fully functioning the way it was intended to. But none of this happens if you don't open the door. Because he will not. He will never force his way in. He wants you to invite him in. So if everyone in here, if you could just close your eyes, everyone watching right now, just close your eyes and bow your head. The reason I ask you to do this is you can have a private moment where no one's looking around. If you're in here right now and you need to invite Jesus into your house, whether it be for the first time or to truly give him full access to the house, I'm asking you to do something really simple. On the count of three, I just simply want you to put your hand in the air. Don't overthink this. Just on the count of three, if you know you need to invite Jesus into your house for the first time or to give him full access, just simply put your hand in the air. Hands are already going up. One, two, three. Nice and high. Praise God. Praise God. Go ahead and put your hands down and then look up at me. First of all, let me say this. I am proud of you. Now listen, almost every single time I, I get to this point where I say I'm proud of you, God will give me a number on how many more times I need to say that phrase so some people in the audience can receive that from a father's voice because you haven't received that phrase from a father's voice before. So I'm gonna say that again, that number of times, and I simply want you to work on receiving it. I am proud of you. 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 Not because of you, not because you raised your hand. Just because of you. Now I'm actually do something else, and this is for everyone who raised their hand, and even those who should have raised their hand. Jesus says, if you will take a stand for me before man, I will take a stand for you before my Father in heaven. So what that's gonna look like right here on earth is everyone who raised their hand. And even those who should have raised their hand. On the count of three, I want you to stand to your feet and remain standing. I'm talking to all campuses. Even if you're watching online somewhere, I don't care. Like, I'm talking to everyone who raised their hand and those who should have raised their hand. It's almost like this. When you raise your hand, it's like you're reaching for the doorknob. But when you stand up and we do this prayer together, it's like the door, you're blowing the door open so Jesus can come into the house. So again, this is for everyone who raised their hand, even those who should have raised their hand. On the count of three, I want you to stand up and remain standing. And to help with this, everyone around you, they're going to applaud as loud as they can. But it will not compare to the applause that the angels in heaven will be doing when you stand to your feet and remain standing. One, two, three. Just stand up and remain standing. Stand up and remain standing. Stand up and remain standing. If you're standing up, don't clap if you're standing. Just receive the applause of the people around you. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. I am proud of you. I am proud of you. Keep standing, keep standing, keep standing, keep standing, keep standing. Keep standing, keep standing, keep standing. Praise God. Okay, so now, keep standing, keep standing. This is very important, keep standing. If, you're, if you made this decision, stand. I know the tendency is to stop standing when the applause of men cease. This, don't go, this is not a horizontal decision. This is all vertical. This is about you and him. Ain't got nothing to do with them. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a prayer. 
And then normally they bring up a white dude to make it official. <laughs> yeah, so, um, listen, <laughs> we're laughing in the middle of a life-changing moment. God is different than you might think. He wants you to laugh. He wants you to have joy. So listen, there's 12 people in this room who are sitting down who should be standing. You know who you are. This is how you always do. How you do anything is how you do everything. So whoever you are, you should be standing. It's to, and if you're online, you're additional. But there's 12, there's 11, there's 10 people in this room who are sitting down who should be standing. Thank you. There's nine people in this room who are sitting down who should be standing. All right. You know who you are. Yes, yes. There's like seven more people who are sitting down who should be standing. Good stuff, dude. Good stuff. Praise God, praise God, praise God. You know who you are. Yes, yes, I am proud of you. I am proud of you. I am proud of you. Awesome, that's so cool. Listen, uh, man, you know who you are. I don't even, this is not, I, just, I don't want y'all to think this is like a black dude talking. This, this is like, for real. Like this, like when else? Like. When, if not now? Like, like when, if not now? Thank you. Somebody is standing who, who, who can't actually stand. And God sees that, like for real. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this prayer, right? And then you're going to be different on the inside. A metamorphosis will start on the inside. You're going to be the same on the outside. And what I want you to do is uh, I think Pastor Rock, you coming over next, right? Whatever he says, do do it. Not in a creepy way. You're not gonna be like, "Hook up some Kool Aid." I want you to drink this up. It's not that. <laughs> but I want you to do something different than you would normally do. Normally, we come to church, we sit down, and we go right back out to where we came from. This time, I want you to do something a little different. And before anyone who's standing up, I just I don't know exactly what he's gonna have you do. But what I want you to do before you leave is come up and just and just make a gesture forward and maybe just. Pray with somebody or at least touch this stage. I know it sounds weird, but just in, while everyone's going that way, I want y'all to come this way because you're going to do something in the physical and watch what God's going to do in the spiritual. And this is what's so cool is don't do this until we dismiss because most of the people are going to be going that way and you're going to be coming this way. That's nothing against them, but people always have a tendency to stop you from getting what you want in life. You're not going to let that happen this time. So let this be an experience around you doing something different than you normally would. And if you're sitting down and you need to make this decision, when we dismiss, I want you to do the same thing. All right, so let's pray. Dear God, you can pray this prayer in the privacy of your heart. Dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to die for me. I thank you that he rose again on the third day. I believe it and I receive it. Come into my house, come into my heart, and have you.